Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Conservative Podcast. I have a really awesome episode for you this week. We are going to be talking about mass shootings, and more specifically, the one that happened in my beloved hometown of Buffalo. Those of you who know me know that I grew up in the south towns of Buffalo, and I no longer live there, or at least not at the moment. But that city is so near and dear to my heart, and I can tell you as someone who lived there, Buffalo is a wonderful, friendly place. Everybody is so down-to-earth, very blue-collar. We're right next to Canada, so I always like to consider us honorary Canadians. But to have a tragedy like this happen in this city absolutely breaks my heart. We have never seen anything like this before we're used to being devastated by snow, not by tragedy and by death. So we have a lot to talk about today. So I want to start by laying out the facts of what exactly happened. On Saturday, May 14th, 2022, an 18-year-old young man drove all the way to Buffalo from his hometown to shoot black people in a Buffalo grocery store. This was a racially motivated crime, and that was easy to see from the 180-page manifesto that he had published a few days before the attack. We'll get into what that manifesto said in a little bit, but I want to talk a little bit more about the shooter. His name was Peyton Gendron. He lived three hours from where he committed this crime. He showed up to this crime, to the shooting, in full tactical body armor from head to toe with an AR-15 and a body camera to film his act. There is no doubt that this man, this young man, this teenager, was incredibly emotionally and mentally unstable. He's absolutely deranged. And his manifesto and the fact that this was so highly premeditated was what makes you realize that this person was just disturbed. The other thing that I think is really important to note is that this young man had been previously investigated in high school after writing a paper about how he wanted to shoot up his school. He was never detained. Nothing was done about it. He was supposedly investigated by the FBI, but no record was ever kept. So he was able to obtain an AR-15 legally. Which to me is mind-blowing, to be honest with you. I grew up in New York. I grew up in this area that this happened. Getting a firearm in New York State of any kind, any type of firearm, other than maybe a shotgun, is incredibly difficult. New York State has the most rigid gun laws in the country. So much so that they're currently under investigation with the Supreme Court. Because they are in a lot of ways, a direct violation of the Second Amendment. So the fact that this very clearly mentally disturbed child with a history of writing mentally disturbed things would manage to somehow go off scotch-free without a record and obtain a high-capacity weapon is awful to me. First of all, then why do we have the gun laws in New York State anyway? Like, if this can happen, then what's the point of the gun laws? Clearly, they don't work. Like, to me, this is a poster child case of how all of these gun laws are completely useless. And now they're going to stand here and say, oh, we need more gun laws. 
no you don't you need your actual gun laws to actually work and when there's someone being investigated for writing a paper about how he wants to kill people that needs to be taken far more seriously and that person needs to be barred from getting a gun i don't know a single person i don't know a single conservative out there who wouldn't agree with me so i want to talk about this 180 page manifesto that ended up being on i guess google docs he uploaded it there i have been completely unable to find it i searched for hours today to find the complete manifesto but they it is hidden deep in the depths of the internet somewhere i know that there are lots of other commentators that have been able to access it and i was hoping to be able to find it i cannot find it which i don't think is a coincidence i think that this is being buried deep because when all of the reports do start coming out if people don't have access to the full manifesto then they can take whatever they want out of there and manipulate it in the media and i do foresee that happening but anyway from what i have gathered in this manifesto it basically is the complete textbook guide into him planning this attack it has where he's going to do it when he's going to do it how he's going to do it so much so that there is a diagram in it that i found a picture of where he drew a map of his path through the store he drew a little diagram of the top's grocery store and in colored pen on his computer he listed his path through the store that he was going to take to murder people to me it looked like a play chart like football players they have to memorize plays so that they can execute them flawlessly it looked like a play chart that you would see at a sporting game that he basically studied and ingrained into his being to be able to go and commit this act it is downright disturbing this this person went so far to premeditate his plan that he drew a diagram and listed 180 pages worth of why he believes what he believes and what he's going to do in the manifesto he also professes to be a left-wing authoritarian which means he essentially has similar beliefs to hitler he's the epitome of a white nationalist and he preaches what they're deeming to be white replacement theory for those of you who do not know what white replacement theory is, believe me, you will know very soon. It is going to be the brand new hot button phrase that people are using to attack conservatives. The definition I found for it online says, The great replacement theory, in simple terms, states that welcoming immigration policies, particularly those impacting non-white immigrants, are part of a plot designed to undermine or replace the political power and culture of white people living in Western countries. That's the definition. You can see already how it can be very easily twisted, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. The other thing I think is important to note out of the manifesto is that this young man chose this grocery store intentionally. He picked this one out of all of the tops that are across western New York. He knew that this area had a predominantly black population, which was his target. Nobody is saying that it wasn't. 
the other thing that I think is important is he specifically chose this area because like I said New York State has very strict gun laws and Erie County which is what Buffalo is in and the area I grew up in has some of the strictest gun laws in New York State so not only is he in the strict gun law state he's going to be in the strictest county of the strict gun law state and he basically knew that the chances of people firing back at him was like slim to none and if people did fire back at him they wouldn't have more than 10 rounds to do it He's literally doing exactly what every single conservative says that criminals do. Criminals don't care about the gun laws. You think that kid went in there with only 10 rounds in his magazine? Very clearly he didn't. So now he's literally going in and preying on people. He is preying on law-abiding gun carriers to not have more than 10 rounds. And he knew that. And he literally said in his manifesto that this is what's making him so confident to go and do this. In my opinion, this should be the number one takeaway from this incident. Yes, we should mourn the losses of some incredibly wonderful people from what I understand. And I'm not taking that away from anybody. But if we're going to take something away other than the tragedy that this is, it should be an understanding that this horrible, deranged person literally took advantage of the strict gun laws in New York State. Now, all that New York politicians can talk about is investigating how this person was able to obtain a gun and how they're going to prevent it in the future, meaning what gun laws can they impose next to make it even harder for people to defend themselves, which in my opinion is taking an evil and responding with more evil. Instead of allowing people to go and continue to protect themselves from these types of atrocities, we're going to restrict your God-given right to protect yourself. Even the peace master, Gandhi himself, understood this concept. He has a quote that says, Among the many misdeeds of the British rule in India... History will look back upon the act, depriving the whole nation of arms as the blackest. For those of you who have not heard that quote before, he's talking about when Britain took over India and removed all arms from the Indian people. And he knew that this was going to be a problem. This was going to not allow the people to preserve themselves, their culture, their life. And if the man who promoted nonviolence can even understand the value of self-protection, then we as a group of people should be able to look at this situation and look at this manifesto and go, hold on, maybe self-protection and gun rights are a little bit more important than we had initially thought. I personally believe, and I know that there are a lot of conservatives out there with me, that taking people's right away to protect their own life is an evil that needs to be fought now i am going to play my own devil's advocate here because i know i'm gonna have people that come to me and go oh but gretchen he showed up in full body armor and there was that retired policeman who attempted to take him down with his gun yes i know to me that is the part of this story that breaks my heart so deeply is that this man 
who already knew that he wasn't going to be met with a whole lot of resistance, gave the people who may have given him some resistance absolutely no chance. That breaks my heart. And that is a sad reality of this story that unfortunately we can't change. And no amount of gun laws would probably have been able to change that particular piece of this story. However, I would like to say that Aaron Salter Jr. is an absolute hero. He's a retired police officer who was acting as security in the Tops Friendly Market. And he did what I believe is the most noble thing he could have done with the last minutes of his life. He stood there in the face of fear, in the face of terror, in the face of racism, and he attempted to defend the people of that grocery store many of whom I'm sure he did not know. And I hope that he goes down as a hero. And as someone who is from Buffalo, I would hope that that city never forgets that man's name. I also want to make this incredibly clear. No conservative is going to sit here and deny that this man committed a racial hate crime. It's very blatantly clear. However, This man's actions does not mean that America is a racist country. It does not. Every conservative has admitted that there are people out there that are racist. And now the media knows one. Now the world knows one. This man is a racist. He's also an anti-Semite. He's anti-black and he's anti-Semite. You can read that also in his manifesto. But in this instance, he decided to target African-American people. But this does not make America racist. I cannot say that enough times. However, the media is going to paint a very different picture. To be honest with you, I'm kind of surprised that CNN isn't jumping up and down that they have another racist story to talk about. That's like their bread and butter. They get so excited when these types of stories pop up and then they use every power that they have to be able to twist it and manipulate it into how is the conservative population of America the evil part of our country. They're already blaming Fox News. There are people already out there saying that Tucker Carlson and Fox News have blood on their hands because Tucker Carlson supposedly, according to them, preached white replacement theory. Now let's make two things very, very clear here. One, Tucker Carlson or Fox News has never preached white replacement theory. Number two, Tucker Carlson and Fox News was never mentioned in the shooter's manifesto. Not once. So they're tying this together by nothing more than their own manipulation of words. Now, personally, I'm really new to this concept of white replacement theory. I honestly had never heard about it until this incident and doing all of my research on this. So I looked deep into this. Now, I gave you the definition earlier. I will say it one more time just to give you the refresher. White replacement theory, in simple terms, states that welcoming immigration policies, particularly those impacting non-white immigrants, are part of a plot designed to undermine or replace the political power and culture of white people living in Western countries. 
Now, there are two other pieces of this that I believe give us a decent picture of how the manipulation in the media is happening in regards to this theory. The second piece of this definition is topicked the rhetoric of invasion. It says, the theory often uses martial and violent rhetoric of a migrant invasion that must be stopped before it conquers white America. The other part of the definition talks about voter replacement, stating that the theory also sometimes incorporates the inaccurate assumption that non-white immigrants will vote a certain way, and therefore pro-immigration policies are designed by elites to diminish the political influence of white Americans. Now, if you can't already put the picture together based off of what I just read to you, I'll, I'll paint the picture a little bit clearer. Conservatives, obviously, for the last four or five years, have been talking a lot about voter ID. Very clearly. You see it in the media all the time. They're taking that conversation about illegal immigration and voter ID to basically mean that we are preaching white replacement theory. Now, I'm telling you this because this is something to be on the lookout for. This, to me, I believe that this is the next media move, is taking this incident and the fact that conservative media and a lot of conservative commentators tend to be for voter ID and not okay with illegal immigration. So this is where they're going to kind of pull their next wordplay trick here, which is why they're attacking Fox News and more specifically Tucker Carlson. Because Tucker Carlson is someone who is very fearless in the media. He says what needs to be said. And he talks a lot about how the Democrats are very open to illegal immigration because if they get the illegal immigrants in and they're able to vote, they're more likely to vote Democrat, which isn't necessarily false. Now, there isn't any host of substantial evidence to be able to necessarily prove that that's true, but the evidence certainly says, and the history of the Democratic Party certainly says, that that would make a whole lot of sense as to why they're pushing so hard for non-citizens to be able to vote. No conservative has any issue with immigrants who came here legally and are current American citizens voting. We have no issues with that. But, you know, the media is very good at twisting stuff. So they're going to take the conversation about voter ID and basically say that if you're for voter ID, then you are preaching white replacement theory. In this instance, I feel like this is practically writing themselves for them. It's like putting it on a silver platter because of the fact that nobody can find the manifesto online. I could not find it. And if we're going to be using that as the quote unquote piece of information that gives us everything we need to know about how this guy was motivated, then it needs to be readily available information. But it's not. So they're going to be able to take it, twist it, turn it into what they want, and then be able to blame Tucker Carlson for promoting white replacement theory, even though he just doesn't want people who aren't American citizens to vote, which I personally agree with because it isn't written into our Constitution. The second issue I'm going to have with the media, granted I don't think it's necessarily happened quite yet, is the fact that they're going to take these victims, who in this instance are such true victims of something so senseless and actually race related for once they're going to take these people 
raise them up now granted these people actually worth being are worth being raised up this isn't like raising up george floyd who should have never been put on a pedestal to begin with most of these people were innocent a lot of them elderly seniors who were doing good for the buffalo community these people actually deserve to be raised up the problem is is the media is going to raise them up as the poster children for why america is racist which to me is a complete and utter misrepresentation of what happened because this isn't due to america's deep ingrained racism this is due to a deranged young man who clearly had some serious mental issues who got too deep into the internet and found ideas and thoughts that he could not emotionally and mentally handle and proceeded to do something awful no these people are now going to be the next poster children for racism and they are going to be raised up their families are going to be harassed for the next three to four years about how their loved ones died how are you supposed to mourn and emotionally recover from such a horrible event in your life this is something that causes people deep trauma and imagine the people in the grocery store who actually lived and witnessed the event they're going to be the next set of poster children as well telling their stories over and over again how are you ever supposed to move on from a traumatic event and live your life when you are going to be bombarded by the media trying to get words out of you that they can turn into a story to me that is the most uncompassionate thing we could possibly do to these people don't get me wrong i think that the story should be told and i think that this should be remembered as a sad day especially for people who live in buffalo but to not allow these people the proper time to mourn to me is just cruel how are we ever going to allow these people to move on if for the next month we're going to be talking about this story because it fits the narrative that everyone wants to see these people will get no rest they will get no time to grieve and they will get no resolution i'm also going to use this as an opportunity to kind of set the record straight here okay conservatives get painted really poorly in the media and i think a lot of times especially from the conservative populace, like the normal American citizens who believe in conservative values, I think sometimes we let people walk all over us. Now, I get it. We're busy actually doing stuff. We don't have time to fight the fight every day of our lives. That's why this podcast is only going to come out at my convenience. As much as I love to fight this fight, I have a full-time job. I can't be fighting it every day. And I understand that a lot of people, that is the case. However, I think that as conservatives, sometimes we allow ourselves to be doormats for the sake of peace in the moment. But I'm going to be the first person to tell you, I don't think that we should be allowing people to call us racists anymore. Because you and I both know that the truth of the situation is that I don't give a crap what color you are. I don't give a crap where you came from. I don't give a crap about where you live. I don't give a crap about what you do for your job, about your social status, about your job status, about who you love. Yes, LGBT people, I'm talking to you. I don't care, okay? As long as it doesn't have a direct impact on my life every single day, 
I don't give a crap. What I do give a crap about, okay, is how you treat other people. How are you raising up your children? How are you helping perpetuate good values into the future? Those are the things that conservatives care about. The problem is, is I think that they often get misconstrued into we care about what race you are, what culture you are. No, I don't. In fact, I love celebrating other cultures, especially when it comes to food. I love trying foods from all over the place. It's my favorite part about America, the fact that we have access to so much diversity in food and culture. I think it's fantastic. And this is what I think everyone needs to understand, okay? This evil, wackadoodle human being that committed a violent racist atrocity, he is not a conservative, nor is he a patriot. And they will try to frame him as an alt-right patriot. He's not, okay? Because patriots are proud of their country. They're proud of the melting pot that is America. They are so happy that we have diversity in America because that's part of what makes America strong is that we have taken people from all over the globe, every walk of life, and we have brought them together into a society to create the strongest and greatest country in the world. It doesn't mean that we don't have a tainted history. It doesn't mean that we haven't always treated people correctly. We have a history of that. But so does like every other country on the face of the planet because we're humans and we are sinful by nature. So to say that America is somehow worse than every other country in the world is just not true. Like every single country in the world has some sort of tainted history. But the beauty of America is that we've, for the most part, have been able to get over that right? We have come together. We have righted a lot of wrongs and we've created a stronger society and we've created a strong country. People who want to eliminate that diversity are not conservatives. They are not people who love their country. People who love America love America because it is the epitome of the land of opportunity. And that opportunity is supposed to be available to everyone. That was the intention from the day the Constitution was written. So if there are people out there who want to eliminate minorities from America, they are not conservatives. They are not a people who love America. They are people who love themselves and believe that they are superior to others. If you are a white person and you believe that you are superior for no other reason than you are a white person, I condemn you and I believe that there is a special place in hell for you. I want to conclude this by simply saying that my heart goes out to the people of Buffalo. You are my people. That is my home. And it saddens me that we have had to face such evil. But I know one thing about Buffalo. We stand together. And I know that we're going to make it through this tragedy together and we will come out better for it. All I ask is that we stay united and not allow this to be a reason to divide the city. Do not allow this to be an opportunity to start pointing fingers at one another. We need to hold hands together, liberal, conservative, black, white, every person, and go, we're going to rally around these people who are suffering. We are going to truly be the city of good neighbors. We're going to live up to that name. 
and I wish that I could be there with you and I am praying desperately for the victims and their families and I hope that we can move on and grow as a community. For those of you who are interested in helping out the Buffalo community, I will have a link to some resources that you can take a look at to either donate time, food, or money if you're interested in helping, and I will post that on my Instagram page and you can find it there. If you don't follow me on Instagram, I encourage you to do so. You'll find all of the updates about the podcast on Instagram. My handle is at underscore c-o-n-s-h-e-r-v-a-t-i-v-e you can find me there i will post there every time i create a new podcast and if there's any other information you need to know i so appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast and support me through this process until next time stand firm love others and be proud to be conservative